if you previously already heard this podcast, I'm your host, the Susan Anime O'Hagan, or you could call me Anime. I really don't care. And I'm going to tell you some of the things we have talked about on this podcast. So let's check it out and see all the interesting things we've talked about. I talk about movies, TV shows, books, games, Game Informer, Pinocchio, Warriors of Legend, Unauthorized Book, Nine, Firestarter, A Soft Guide to Taking It Easy, Vampire Kisses Books, Lucia Ball, The Wizard of Oz, Sejo B, The Great Battles in History, some of these are older, Zombies 3, Witches, Diana, Her Life and Legacy, Pirates, Zombies, Titanic, Tuesday, Norway, One on One, Mysterious Places, Movies, Buzz Lightyear, Melissa and Joey, Avatar The Last Airbender, The Promise, Memorial Day, Senior Year, Godzilla, Funny, Mashup, Ripley's Believe It or Not, For the Love of a Child, Anastasia, Asia and More, Mary Vincent, The J-Team, Shirley Jackson, Family Trees, Greek Mythology and Lesson, Electric Chair, The Brady Kids, The Brady Bunch, The Brady Brunch Goes to Hawaii, The Dark Side of the Brady Bunch, Growing Up Brady, The Lottery, Turner and Pooch, Night Squad, Hillsong, Almost Christmas Movie, We Have Always Lived in the Castle book, love that book, The Other Kingdom, The Warren Files, A Witch's Ball, Evil Thing, A Tell of That Deville Woman, Two Hot Take Show Review, Turning Red, Team Titans Raven, Unsolved Mysteries, Charmed, Buzzfeed Unsolved, Kids Nation, Black Widow, Fired Up, The Movie, The Good Place, St. Patrick, Chicago Tribunal Murders, Awkward, Ukraine, Ghost Whispered, The Bride He Bought Online, Archie and Katie Kane, Archie's Weird Mystery, Seven Heaven. Charlie Sturkenweather, Mummy is a Murder Chill, Abandoned Empress, Hot and Key Cleveland, Scorpion TV Series, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Different Strokes, Return to Amish and Escaping Polygamy, and we have so much more. I will be talking about movies. TV shows, books, games, money, easy time sets, and movies, TV shows, books, games, and I guess that is all of them. I hope you all enjoyed. And
hopefully you'll have a great and wonderful experience. And these will be uploaded Monday through Thursday. Some facts about pandas. The bamboo bear. It was once thought that the giant panda might be related to the raccoon. However, scientists have since proven that it is a member of the bear family. The giant panda is officially classed as a carnivore, meat eater, though its diet is more likely that of an omnivore, plant eater. The vast variety of a giant panda's diet consists of bamboo due to an effective dissative system. They need to eat large qualities to get the nutrients they need. A giant panda can spend 14 hours a day eating and will typically eat 11 to 18 kg in one day. 99% of this bamboo. But they will also eat fish, eggs, and small animals if the opportunity arises. In the wild, giant pandas are territorial and generally solitary animals. And welcome back. I am your host, Lisa Susan Anime O'Hagan, or you can call me just Anime. I don't really care. I'm a little tired. Today is 11-14-2022 at 11-12pm. And I don't know why I'm telling you all this. Okay, we are gonna talk about toning it down. Ooh, let me get a sip of water and... Oh no. the third and final book in the Camelot Years trilogy and the sixth and final book overall in the School for Good and Evil series. It was released on June 2nd. On this YouTube, okay, Simon claims that the book will have more twists and craziness than all the other books combined. Also on YouTube, uh, Simon says the book will cover it, will have a lot of hints and Easter eggs that give deeper meaning to the title. Book six is nuts in a way that I think no one's going to expect. It's having me say it's the lost book in the series, I'm going without a bang. I'm going out with a bang. In the sixth and final book, New York's bestseller, epic fantasy fairy tale, Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond Good and Evil, the tale of Sophie and Agatha come to a dramatic conclusion. Prepare yourself for the end of ends. The first test was passed. Excalibur pulled from the stone. A new king named, but two claim the crown. The third returns to the stone, for only one is the true king, who... The future I have seen as many possibilities. So, by my will, none shall be crowned until the 
tournament is complete. Now let me know if y'all want me to read the books. I'm still just kind of going over the fact that I've read, watched the movie and have not read the books. Let me know, is it worth getting the books? Because Christmas and Winter Solstice and Holidays are coming up and I do put books on my, like, some of my list or I could create a wish list and if anyone is willing to give me this book so I can read it and review it and tell you if I like it or if it was bad. My last race to the finish, Excalibur will crown the winner and take the loser's head. The first test is coming. Prepare, King Arthur. The novel starts with the coven searching for Marlin. They are traveling through the upside down kingdom of Brona Crack in order to reach the savage sea. Professor Dovey had said before she died that Marlin was in the caves of Kepton, where time runs backwards. The cave on an island in the sage she, the witches see a message in the sky from Lumi, a sitcom poisoning as King Rathen's pen. The message says the wedding between Sophie and King Rahan will take place on schedule. Rahan? I'm just gonna call him R because I cannot pronounce that. Meanwhile, Sophie's being essentially held captive in Camelot at the end of a crystal in time. Two schemes enter Sophie's ears and are now letting Jupiter control her. She doesn't. remember anything about her friends and is basically a mindless puppet. Dang, this book does sound a little interesting. Question is, should I read it? Let me know what you all think. Is the book worth reading? Whenever she tries to break free, she suffers extreme pain in her head. As this happens, T-E-D-R-O-S and Agathar and Avalon safe house. They've discovered King Archival's Silver Swan Ring, which is the only one left to prevent the stream from dying and Jephthar gaining the power of the one true king. They use Wishfish to find a way back to the woods. Their protective Wishfish bubbles brings them back to Camelot, just as I'm calling him J.A. Dude, I cannot say your name. Jupiter? Japither. Japither? J.A. is about to complete his marriage to Sophie. Excalibur embeds itself in the stone, and the voice of King Arthur speaks from beyond, declaring a contest of three trials to determine who will be king. According to the rules, Excalibur will crown the winner, and decapitate loser. Agatha tries to save Sophie, but since she's under control of the skimmies, she tries to kill Agatha. Agatha and T.E. are whisked back to the sores of Avalon in their bubbles. There, they meet Genevieve, Tinkerbell, Hort, and Nicole. 
With the help of Tinkerbell and her fairy friends, Fairy Dust, the group decide to head to Seaward Forest to wait until Arthur sends his first test. They discover that the area has been destroyed by vandals who were angry that Robin Hood worked together with the Sheriff of Nottingham to fight the snake in the fifth book. They need to... Mannard's hours and Agatha discovers Robin's green feather that leaves her a message. A strange royal crest. Outside, countless scrolls rain from the sky. Okay. That's basically all I have here. Agatha. This article is about Agatha. From the movie. Uh, Queen Agatha Pendergard of Camelot is one of the main protagonists. Oh, I didn't know she became queen. I guess I need to read about this book. Of the School for Good and Evil book series and in the tale of Sophie and Agatha. She is a reader chosen by the schoolmaster to attend the school for good. She is married to King T of Camelot, making her the queen of Camelot. At the end of Quest for Glory, she and T were replaced by Roham and Sophie, R.H., as king and queen of Camelot, but in the contest to determine their one true king, T wins and reclaims the throne. Agatha is described to have one doom-like grassy and oily black hair that is a bit shorter than shoulder length. It was also described as helmet hair. Her skin is pale as it is called ghostly in the book. She has big bug-like hazel eyes. Agatha was said to have the looks of her mother, Vanessa, while having the pure soul of her father, Stephen. When Agatha attended, appeared at the school for good, the others disliked her clothing and looks, believing she had appeared like she belonged in the school for evil. Agatha's height is unspecified, but she is spectacularly to be tall to be tall because Cinderella states at one point that Agatha looks like a giraffe in her granny's crown. However, it is shorter than T. She often wears all black and she keeps her black clumps through the series. Though the beginning of the school for good and evil, Agatha tells herself that she is rather ugly, and as the series progresses out, she becomes more assumption to look for, to look and feel like a princess. Yeah, I have no idea what that word is. In the school for good and evil, her fairy godmother, Professor Dovey, is asked what it would take for Agatha to be happy. Agatha replied that she wished to be beautiful. Professor Dovey makes Agatha assume she did something to her, but she simply gave her confidence since Agatha assumed that she looks completely different. However, she soon discovers nothing about her has changed and that she was beautiful in her own way all along to identify the to treat the school for new evil she became eager 
a boy resembling a mulvent penguin with silky pale skin, dark bulging eyes, sunken cheeks, doom-like black hair, scully things, and claws. Not much muscle tone in his stick-like arms. Outfits at the beginning of school for at the beginning of the first book, Agatha is described as wearing a shapeless, hulky black dress and black clump shoes. At the Circus of Talent, Agatha wears a midnight blue gown with delicate gold leaves and a long velvet train, and a ruby pendant and a tiara of blue orchids. She also wore gold eyeshadow and rose-colored lip gloss. In book two, Sophie and Agatha, a clingy green dress. At the beginning of Quest for Glory, Agatha wears a blue gown to go about her duties as queen to be. While sailing the I-G-R-A-I-N-E into the school for good and evil, she wears a dark leather jacket cut off brooches and a bandana. At the beauty and the feast, she wears a borrowed tight red dress. After battle with the snake, Agatha wears a black gown. And one she king, Agatha beats her black gown with pink cotton candy and capes her hair with a tower, towering hive of pink fluff. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, so right next to it, I have not read this story in forever, but I do remember reading them, and it's about the scary stories to tell in the dark. A world without a princess. So let's see, the school for good and evil. Agatha and Sophie have returned home, and they are expect accepted as heroes. Okay, we already talked about that. As the truth and packs of what they have done settled on the girls. Sophie is horrified to discover they are back due to Agatha's wish for a different ending to their tale, mainly that she ends up with tea. Agatha denies this and insists that all she wants to do is return home. Agatha sees visions of tea and tells Hester and Dot who attempt to convince her to sneak into the other school. After they see warts growing on Sophie, the quartered becomes convinced she is turning back into a witch, causing Agatha to agree to turn everything back. Shh, okay. Everything back. She sneaks into the school for boys, with Sophie secretly following her under an invisible cape to stop her from kissing T. Agatha attempts to speak with T, does and almost kisses him, but at the moment before they do, T becomes paranoid about Sophie still being alive and able to seek revenge and starts raving. As they argue, Sophie hidden underneath a table in the room sizes the opportunity and shoots a spell between them. Agatha thinks T attacked her and T thinks Agatha attacked him and they both start fighting. Agatha then flees, convinced that T is evil. She returns to the school for good where Sophie is waiting for her pretending not to have known a thing. Eventually, it is decided that one of the girls must become a boy to 
integrate into a school for boys and steal the stolen. Sophie is chosen. Due to her unspecifically muscular sense of willpower and preservation and integrates into the boys' school. Soon Sophie's name as a boy is Flip. The name Sophie's father originally wanted to name Sophie before she was born thinking she was a boy. Flip and T have problems at first, but soon Flip is protecting T. Then they become the best of friends. from the school for good were ex okay where did I leave all avoid okay they go okay Agatha and Sophie have nope uh arriving at the doors of the school for good okay here we go mother again T says she wouldn't want to see this his because his dad King Arthur sent out a warrant for her head she had cheated on King Arthur with Sir Lancelot, and when he turned 16, he'd have to honor that warrant. Later on in the forest, at the trial by tail, Flip and T find an injured Yard, who was then killed by Ark. Yard turns into T's other best friend, leading him to realize that he disguised himself as a girl. Agatha is hiding when Flip com comes with T. Soon Agatha sees that T leans in to kiss Flip. Soon Agatha sees that T leans in to kiss Flip, but Agatha only sees their lips almost touch. This causes a dispute between the three, and Flip turns back into Sophie as the spell wears off. T is confused and angry, but then the dean of the school for girls, Everlyn Sater, half-sister of... August Sater has her butterfly fly off trees as they carry the stone and Evelyn to the tree. The new dean brings out Sophie and Agatha's fairytale book and lets the story in write. Agatha and T kiss because Agatha told Sophie that she couldn't trust her anymore and Sophie was turning into a witch again. Evelyn reveals Sophie was not 
turning into a witch, but rather she was conjuring illusions to create distractions between the two girls. The story is about to finish writing the end, but the dean steps in. Ethan realizes that it was not Agatha's wish that brought them back to the school, but rather Sophie's wish to see her mother who had been abandoned by her husband when she fell sick and later died. Sophie grieving, having lost her village, her family, and now her best friend, accepts her wish and Evelyn conjures the schoolmaster's ghost in the glorious of Sophie's mother. Sophie kisses the ghost and it becomes the schoolmaster who explains that a true love's kiss can even revive the dead, just as Agatha revives Sophie. The schoolmaster kills Evelyn and sends Agatha home. The schoolmaster tries to kill T, but Agatha manages to grab T and take him with her. Sophie, however, is left behind, refusing to leave the schoolmaster, stating that he was the only one who wouldn't abandon her. The two schools become a malevolent school for evil together. As the two girls are separate, they both remain in the arms of the ones who love them. Their wishes granted. The last ever after. Three weeks following the event of a world without a princess, both schools have fallen under the rule of the returned schoolmaster with the original school for evil becoming the school for old evil and the school for good becoming the school for new evil. Still, the change is all about complete at the schoolmaster named Raphael. Still has to marry Sophie and ultimately start his campaign to destroy good, though hesitant. She is afraid she might end up alone forever, taking into account of Agatha and T's supposed betrayal when ignoring her pleas for help. Sophie accepts the proposal and becomes a teacher for the school for new evil, but the historian still does not accept this as a rightful happy ending. Sophie and Agatha's storybook has been open too long now. This starts a countdown in which the sun grows weaker each passing day, and when the final dust settles, it will mean the end of all the fairy tale worlds. Okay, I hope you all like this. I'm not sure. Okay, I have to really get the book in front of me, read the whole thing, and see if it's what people were thinking of. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, that movie wasn't exactly what I was thinking of. Without having read the book, I thought the movie was decent. But see, that's the thing. Sometimes when you read the book, you have this idea in your head, and when it doesn't come to life, even though it is coming to life, it's a little weird. It's like, let's see if we have an ad break for today. Our sponsor. Ad break, ad break, ad break, ad break. Sponsor, 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 sponsor. And before we go to ad breaks or sponsors, let's get a little bit of a...
y'all enjoying my podcast and you enjoy this ad break slash sponsor. And welcome back. I am your host, the Susan Anna May O'Hagan, or you could call me Anna May. Either one is fine. Today, we are going to talk more about the school for good and evil and where we left off. Okay, Agatha tries to help her friend get T's kiss with the strength, but soon finds out that Sophie is only using Agatha to make T fall for her. That way, she would never have to leave. As she believes T is her true love, finally, T promises to kiss Sophie after they both win the trial by tail. A test in which the top ten good and evil students enter a simulation of the woods. T decides not to tell on Agatha as he starts to develop feelings for her after she risks dying in the trial to save him. Unlike Sophie, both girls begin to undergo suitable but sure changes. Agatha finds her own inner beauty and belief in good and true love after consolidation with the Dean of Good, Professor Lacey Dovey, while Sophie begins to suffer from nonemous dreams. Nonemous? Nonemies. Dreams. Dreams that the best villain have that expose who they must kill as their nemesis to weaker, oh, to survive their fairy tale and welcome to Nevermore Evil Paradise. Sophie believes that the person in her dream is T, but however, another, but however, another rule to Nemesis' dream is that as time progresses, while the first nemesis will grow weaker, the other nemesis will grow stronger. T did not show obvious strengthening, but one. But on the other hand, Agatha was progressively becoming a better princess. Sophie learns that it is not T who is her true nemesis, but Agatha, as concluded by her henchman, a rogue Cupid named Grimm. In the circus of talents where nevers and evers compete for their own unique talents, T confesses his love for Agatha and requests that she be his date for the ever snowball to which she accepts. Sophie overhears this and ultimately transforms into what she has become entirely a bald, jealous, toothless, sheer witch with no remorse or mercy. She proceeds to destroy both schools and attempts to eliminate her nemesis, Agatha. Determined for her happy ending, Sophie finds a schoolmaster's true identity to be evil, as the story is a a a t o n i n g for evil schoolmaster murder of the good ones. As he tells her about his wish for his 
one true love, Sophie. She believes that she can finally ha find happily ever after with him instead of tea, and that she was evil all along. But upon kissing him, she heart-endingly remembers nevers are incapable of love. As Agatha catches up with her best friend, the schoolmaster prepares to kill her so that he can take Sophie for himself. Just when the Dorian was about to spare Agatha's heart, Sophie did something that shocked the schoolmaster. She stepped in front of her best friend, suffocating her, oh, uh, sacrificing her own life. The ghost of the deceased good brother returns to save his students, and since only seers can hold dead souls, seer and his history teacher. The ghost of the deceased good brother, okay, uh, Professor August Sater sacrifices his own body to help the good brother to destroy the evil schoolmaster and dies in the process. Sophie dies shortly after, losing too much blood to the cut at her heart, and Agatha, distraught, kisses her. Not long after this, however, Sophie revives as Agatha's kiss had proved that evil ones could love, and she and Agatha are teleported back to Glavin implying that they've realized they don't need a prince after all. T was left in disappointment as his one true love had disappeared from him just before the ever snowball. This leaves the students of the school in surprise as they realize that teachings about good and evil being incapable of friendship were not true. A world without prince. Agatha and Sophie have returned home, and they are accepted as heroes. Unfortunately for Agatha, Sophie is taken advantage of this opening. Whether Agatha wants nothing to do with fame, Sophie puts on many shows claiming that nobody else will celebrate Agatha and Sophie escaping SGE. At Sophie's father's wedding, Agatha suddenly wishes for another ending to her story with tea. This wish causes magical arrows to come and message saying to give Sophie to them. Agatha, angry, the town turns into a mob, demanding Sophie be given to whoever wants her. The elders say that they are protecting Sophie, but in reality they are planning to give in to the mob. They tell Sophie to stay in the church alone, and Agatha, thinking that Sophie would be safe, leaves. Sophie is taken into the forest with a message on her chest made from her own blood. She is hung on a tree with the message, take me and left to die. Agatha finds Sophie and runs away with her, trying not to be attacked by the mob. They soon arrive at a flower guard ground line and notice butterflies trying to help them. They get on a train, unknowingly bound for school of good and evil. Arriving at the doors of the school for good, now the school for girls, they are swarmed by a herd of girls from both schools robed in blue. 
as the girls are introduced to their classmates, including a mute girl named A A Y A R A, and taken around by the new dean, Everlyn Cedar. They notice that the school has been changed and the fairy tales on the walls have changed as a result. With the demolish in distress now becoming warrior woman, Agatha mentions the absence of boys and it is discovered that after they left, all the girls from the school for evil were repelled and had to come to the school for good seeking refuge. The boys from the school for good were then expelled by an unseen force and had to go to the school for evil. Is the truth and impact of what they have done to settle on the girls. Sophie is horrified to discover that they are back due to Agatha's wish for a different ending to their tale, mainly that she ends up with tea. Agatha denies this and insists that all she wants to do is return home. Agatha sees visions of tea and tells Hester A and a D I L and Dot who attempt to convince her to seek sneak into the other school. After they see warts growing on Sophie, the quarter become the quartz Q U A R T E T became to speak with conf- oh, became convinced she is turning back into a witch again causing Agatha to agree to turn everything back. She sneaks into the school for boys, with Sophie secretly following her under an invisible cape. I decided to go without my headphones, and welcome back. I am your host, the Susan Anime O'Hagan, or you could call me Anime. I'm not really particular. So today, I'm going to talk about a movie. Yes, I know that was a yesterday thing, but my schedule has been all off because it has been a heck of a week. Last week and this week. And it's going to be continuing. But the good news is, with November, hopefully I keep up this constant thing. Okay, so I watched a movie called The School for Good and Evil. The School for Good and Evil is a 2022 fantasy-based film on the novel of the same name. The film was directed by Paul. Okay, ages ago, twin brothers, oh boy, Ryan and Raphael intertangled inter- in School for Good and Evil, S-E-G, met to prepare its students to participate in popular fairy tales. During a friendly duel, a power-thirsty Raphael attacks R-H-I-A-N using blood magic, seeking to dominate the school. Defending himself, R-H-I-A-N throws Raphael off a cliff, presumably killing him. Dun-dun-dun. In the village of Gavodon, princess-like and fairy-tale-obsessed Sophie, and cynical misfit Agatha share an unbreakable friendship since childhood. They visit Dia Village Storybook Shop, 
where they discover a copy of Cinderella with the SEG stamp in which the shopkeeper tells the truth about the school and its purpose. While Agatha, while Agatha is skeptical, Sophia, desperate to escape her dreary village life and become a princess, writes a letter to SEG, SGE, hoping to gain acceptance to the school for good, unaware her wish would be granted the same night under a blood moon. Sophia attempts to leave Garlodon in secret, distraught that her wish will never come true as Agatha tries to stop her. A misty red-eyed creature drags Sophia away while Agatha gives chase until a giant skeletal bird suddenly snatches up both, flying them to SGE, School for Good and Evil. To their dismay, however, Agatha is dropped at the School for Good, while Sophia is delivered to the School for Evil. Yeah, they don't like that whatsoever. <clears throat> they don't even look the part, which is another thing people were talking about. So I'm giving you the basic, I'll give you my opinion after. Well, both are forcibly interdicted by their schools, convinced they were misplaced. Agatha wishes to return to G-A-V-A-L-D-O-N, while Sophia wants to stay and transfer to the school for good. At the welcoming ceremony, Agatha and Sophie meet Teradros, the most popular ever prince and son to King Arthur, while trying to sneak into the school for evil one night. Agatha is chased by a cupid and forced to hide in the library, where she overhears Neverdean, Leonardo Lesso, and Everdeen Classy Dovey arguing about Sophie and Athea's arrival. As they leave, Raphael manifests from a blood vortex, warning Agatha to stay away from Sophie and her destiny. Agatha reunites with Sophie and they seek out Headmaster R-H-I-A-N and the magical story pen R-H-I-A-N informs Sophie he'll only allow her to switch schools if she could find her true love as only real ever's can via a true lover's kiss. The next morning, Agatha and Sophie attempt to find Sophie's true love, whom Sophie has declared as Theodore's while attending. and failing their classes and being considered outcasts by the stereotypical evers and nevers, students of good and students of evil. Agatha is then warned to terribly convince she should fail three times in class witnessing such a case with another student, Gregory. Later, at a magical wishing lake, Agatha frees a school of wish fish. Yeah, you heard me. I said wish fish. I really wish I didn't. This is so weird to me. Wish fish. 
Okay, wishes, fishes. I am so confused. Wish fish, which is really weird to me. And now I lost my place of thought. Revealed to be a failed stone from a hundred years ago? Okay. What the heck is wrong with the school? Soon after, a symphony interrupts and approaches Agatha as the other students flee. She recognizes the creature to be a transformed Gregory. Terra drawers? Okay, Ted. I'm just gonna call him Ted. Oh, Ted Ross? Intervenes and unknowingly kills Gregory with Excalibur, and Agatha lashes out on him, and Dovey even made a mission she doesn't belong there. However, Dovey disagrees as Agatha, selfless, apathetic personality, makes her the first true princess in a long time. Meanwhile, during Leo's class, Sophie reveal it with another student, Hester, causing a fight between them as Hester uses a tattoo-born demon to attack, causing Raphael to intervene as a wasp worm. Lesser interrupts this as Sophie, unacquired potential for finally winning a victory for evil, something thought impossible for centuries. That afternoon, Sophie and Tedros, uh, Ted Ross, Tedros, finally meet, but she is forcibly dragged to the Doom Room, where Lesser cuts her hair to break her spirit, allowing Raphael to persuade Sophie to lash, to push all limits to win Theodora's heart. Sophie then, undangerously, a ritual unconvicted change in both appearance and personality, which gains the favor of the Nevers, including Hester and her friends, uh, Dot and A-N-A-D-I-L, while driving from Agatha, uh, like drifting away, who still tries to aid Sophie by using magic to bring her and Theodore together, Given there an ever and a never, both together causes chaos between both schools and alarms both deans to the point R-H-I-A-N determines a trial by tale to settle the issue. At the trial, Sophie ends up proving in put in defending herself and Theros prompting and infuriating Agatha to save him in her stand. This results in Sophie imprisonment for cheating and Theodora for forfeiting and dumping her for choosing self-preservation over him. Convinced by Raphael that Agatha is her enemy, Sophie accepts offer of blood magic, which she uses on lesser. Dovey and the rest of the SGE staff when they try stopping her, Sophie then invades the Everball, now physically transformed into a hag witch, to threaten Agatha and God terror into attacking the school for good.
for evil. Sophie then goes to join the Nevers at their own ball as T arrives and attacks, breaking the law of good defense. Evil attacks. As a result, the Nevers and Evers magically switch places and a violent battle breaks out. During the battle, Sophie heads to the Headmaster Tower as a raven, seeking revenge. There, she confronts R-H-I-A-N, who reveals himself to be to have been Raphael all along, having survived the fall and killing R-H-I-A-N, instead assuming his identity and manipulating good stories to favor evil, weakening good from within. He then possesses a union to Sophie to rule together and forever, declaring his true love. I'm saying that because that's how he basically talks. As they kiss, both schools and all within them are identified are are condemned to death. Horrified, Sophie before Agatha appears to challenge Raphael. As Raphael tries to impale Agatha with the Dorian, Sophie takes the fatal hit, undoing Raphael's spell and saving everyone. As Theodore comes to their aid. Agatha, with Sophie's help, takes Excalibur and slays Raphael. As Sophie dies in Agatha's arms, she kisses Sophie goodbye, thus in turn brings Sophie back to life, as their kiss proved to be a demonstration of true love. With the school students having rekindled and the school staff restored, a portal to Garvindon opens. Agatha kisses T before choosing to cross over with Sophie, returning to their old lives. The film ends with an arrow piercing the veil between worlds, followed by a mysterious knife with T voice pleading he needs Agatha. The story then states that this is only the beginning. Okay, I never read the books. So if you are comparing this to the books, I am so sorry. I heard this is nothing like the books. And people do not like it because the books are way better. I have never read the books. I will talk about like what I can find online and eventually maybe I'll get the books and read them and review but like I got the School for Good and Evil. This article is about the book series. The School for Good and Evil is a fantasy fairy tale hexera of books by Shaman C. The first novel in the series was published on May 14, 2013. The series is set in a fictional, wider spread location known as the, as the Endless Woods. The story for good and evil in the village of Gavendale? Every four years on the 11th night of the 11th month, two children at the age of 12 and older are kidnapped by an unknown force into the surrounding endless woods. While most children fear the unknown force will take them away, pinky loving beautiful Sophie dreams of princesses and living out a happily ever after with a charming prince. Meanwhile, her best friend Agatha is the complete opposite with her clumps shoes, a Gulty attitude, budgling bug eyes, and an ugly face. 
With all that and the fact that she lives in a graveyard, she is deemed by the villagers to be a perfect candidate for the school for evil. Okay, so... I honestly didn't find Agatha that ugly, but okay. Sophia Wilde er, is not ugly, but okay. Whatever ugly means to them, I mean, maybe it's just because it's back in an olden age. I don't know. I mean, this sounds like it's taken place. Okay. As the fear abduction day rise again, Agatha witnesses Sophie being captured in an attempt to drag her back to Galandor? Galadin. She instead gets dragged along with Sophie and both are transported to the school. Much to Sophie and Agatha's horror, they are sent to what seems to be the wrong school. Sophie ends up as a never a student in the school for evil, and Agatha as an ever a student in the school for good. Sophie attempts to switch schools with Agatha to no avail, while her best friend just wants both of them to go home together. This proves difficult, as Sophie is determined that she is good and is smitten soon by, soon after by the most popular prince in school, T, who is also the son of King Arthur and the main male protagonist. He also takes notice of her. Sophie and Agatha have trouble when all their escape attempts are throttled with the school's tight security system. Sophie is desperate to be good, but Agatha doesn't want to be at either school and just wants to go back to their original life. Sophie has always been determined to be good, so it's hard to face that she is in the school for evil. She thinks that it's a mistake, but soon learns more about herself and Agatha. So far, it just sounds the same to me. I'm sorry if that sounds rude. It really does. I feel so bad because to me it just sounds the same. What is wrong with me? It doesn't even sound any different. Maybe it gets more different later? Being forced to attend classes in a... The meantime, Agatha flunks most of her classes but discovers a powerful ability in her. She can hear and grant wishes. Okay, that's different. Interesting. Something that can only come from a pure good heart. After a visit to the schoolmaster tower, which has achieved by the writing of a stomp a skeleton bird, Sophie and Agatha find themselves trapped in a fairy tale. At the end of their visit to the schoolmaster, he gives them a riddle. Okay. Jeez, fairy tales are really on point. Uh, he gives them a riddle to prove they were in the wrong places. After causing a riot, at a school assembly, Agatha is punished to solitary confinement in her room, and Sophie begins being sent to Doom Room, where the beast chops off her hair with an axe. In a rage, Sophie drowns the beast as revenge for hurting her. The girls eventually get to the conclusion the answer was an action. True love's kiss. Agatha sets out with a plan to help the girls get home. She turns, a.k.a. Moore gifts herself into a cockroach and accompanies Sophie to her classes, whispering answers to the questions and tests. With Agatha's help, Sophie 
eventually starts ranking well in her classes despite desperately wanting to fail to prove her place in good, putting her against Hester, her roommate, a daughter of Hansel and Gretel's witch. Agatha tries to help her friend get T's kiss with her strength but soon finds out that Sophie is only using Agatha to make T fall for her. That way she could she would never have to leave as she believed T is her true love. Finally T promises to kiss Sophie after they both win the trial by trial, a test in which the top ten good and evil students enter a simulation of wood aiming to survive from sunset until sundown by avoiding teacher traps and the opposite side in letting an ever and a never come out together alive this proves that both sides can unite as one a big upset to the law that has always governed to a fairy tale world however the relationship ultimately ends during the trial when T discovers Agatha's a legal participation to help Sophie to win, and when Sophie refuses to protect him out of selfishness, hoodwinking Good's greatest prince then wins Sophie's popularity at the school for evil, and the title of number one villain at the time. Sophie begins to show depending resonant and anger towards Agatha, as she now believes Agatha ruined her chance for happy ever after and stole her place. T decides not to tell on Agatha as he starts to develop feelings for her after she risks dying in the trial to save him. Unlike Sophie, both girls begin to undo stable but sure change. Agatha finds her own inner beauty and belief in good and true love after conclusion with the Dean of Good Professor Classy Dovey, while Sophie begins to suffer f from Nenismus dream dreams that are the best villains that have the best have that expose who they must kill as their nemesis to survive the fairy tale and become to never more evil paradise. Sophie believes that person in her dream is T, but however, another rule to Nemesis dream is that as time progresses, while the first Nemesis will grow weaker, the other Nemesis will grow stronger. T did not show obvious strengths, but on the other hand, Agatha was progressively becoming a better princess. Dang, the story is a little more confusing than I thought it was. Okay, we will talk more about that tomorrow or the next day i forget which day i think it's tomorrow about bookland so i hope you all enjoyed this i like the movie but that's maybe because i didn't read the books and some people grew up with the books but i didn't so i thought the movie was interesting was there some sappy i'm like yeah but this is a fairy tale fairy tales are kind of sappy it's kind of funny to me because like people are like oh it's kind of sappy and I'm like what's your point it's a fairy tale for a school, school for good and evil and the prick thing was a whole mess but I will get more in the detail tomorrow I hope you'll enjoyed this um I would check out the movie it's on Netflix if you can um I don't know about the books I eventually might get a book and read it
Oh, I meant to hit stop and it's still recording. Let's see if we have an ad break for today. Our sponsor. Ad break, ad break, ad break, ad break. Sponsor, 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 sponsor. And before we go to ad breaks or sponsors, let's get a little bit of a... Enjoy. Bye for now. 